You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to the room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This is episode number 266, we're discussing the Shang-Chi trailer, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, and a new era of DC film production. I'm on your host, Tim. I'm Troy. And guys, we're going old school this week. It is just Troy and I. Carlos and Sanjay are sitting this one out. They will be back hopefully next week and we'll have a full table. It's been a while since we've had the whole crew at the table, but Troy and I couldn't pass up the opportunity to talk about some of the nerd that has been chucked at us this week. A Shang-Chi trailer out of nowhere. The next, I guess it's coming out in September, but the next movie after Black Widow, the first true new film in Phase 4, I'm talking chronologically here, is going to be Shang-Chi. And we're going to our first look at this MCU dip into the epic martial arts film production. And I'm excited to discuss this one, excited to break it down. We're also going to talk episodes four and five of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're building in to the final episode of this incredible season of this show that has, to be honest with you, in the last two episodes, really picked up the pace from episode three. That was the last episode we talked about in any detail here, and we're a bit shaky on it. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts, Troy, as we walk out of episode three into four and five here and what this builds to and really questioning what is in the box? (laughs) (laughs) What are we going to get revealed here? And also, we're going to touch on a new era of DC film production. The Batman is behind us, but it seems that DC has pivoted, reframed themselves after Zack Snyder's Justice League. And we've got two huge films that have announced the start of production. That is Black Adam and The Flash. We're talking about a bit of the hype behind that and what this means for the DC film universe and what this means individually for both of us. But guys, before we get into any of that, we got to kick this thing off. Like we always do with our Week's End Nerd and Craven the Hunter. He is yeah, here. Man. He is live. And it's been a couple <laughs> weeks since you told me yeah. what the plastic has looked like that is coming into your space. So hit me, man. Lay it on me. What have you been yeah. collecting? Man, it's, uh, it's you know, it's slow, then it was hot, and then it's slow, and then it's hot again. And, um, well, I don't know where I start. I guess I go with the comic books, man. You know, uh, inspired by Carlos, him and I were DMing back and forth, and he showed me a sweet collection that he picked up of, um, it's called Spawn Origins, but it looks like mm-hmm. it's like a trade paperback of the first couple of runs or issues. And just the cover alone looked too cool to pass. And he's like, man, it's only 13 bucks Canadian on Amazon. So I was like, I had to grab this thing. So I picked up that up and um, haven't yet read it, but I'm super excited to. Uh, I'm sticking out with Amazing Spider-Man. So I did pick up with the um, the uh, Nick Spencer uh, Spider-Man. And it's it's okay. It's not bad. It's not horrible. It's not amazing. <laughs> it's, just, it's just okay right now. So I'll take it. Um, DC continues to hit on all cylinders, though. The Batman 106-107 is phenomenal. The new take on Nightwing, um, I believe by Tom Taylor has just been magnificent so the books uh across the board are pretty good but the plastic man the plastic it's um i went all in you know it's funny i was chilling at home and carlos hit me up and i can't remember what picture it was but he found some sort of figures oh you know what it was it was like the classic vintage like 
four-inch Power Rangers from way back in the day that had like, oh, the head flips. Oh, no way, yes. But they, yeah, so they've been like relaunched, and I guess under the Hasbro, and he's like, man, they're over here at this Walmart, and I was like, he, he's like, do you want me to pick them up? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to come over there right now and just kind of scope it out. Um, I had no intentions of hunting that day <laughs> until I saw that photo, <laughs> and it, it got me out of my chair, and so on the way there, I hit up uh, a Toys R Us, and... As I go into Toys R Us, it's pretty dry for the Marvel Legends. It's dry for the Black Series. But I see one um, retro three and three quarter. Oh, uh, is it Quill? Yeah. It's the Quill. Yeah. So I found him. And I'm like, whoa, like, I didn't even know these guys were coming out. So I found him. And I had to pick him up. And then I look over. And then behind me, I see the Incredible Hulk, like Marvel Legends three and three quarter retro. I'm like, oh, my God. And there was two of them. And there was a Spider-Man. And I was like, okay, I got to get these. Like, this yeah, looks pretty cool. And so I asked Carlos if he wanted the other Hulks. I know he's a Hulk guy. He didn't want it. And then my eyes were tripping because I looked back and then there was like, there was one cap and there was one Human Torch. Or maybe I picked Human, up, human Torch up later. It's been a kind of crazy week. But <laughs> either way, is a weird is a weird kind of take because normally I'm like a six-inch kind of collector. Yeah, and yeah. I walked out with all three and three quarters. And they're all like the retro kind of looking things. So um, it was cool, man. So I picked those guys up and... I think I scored um, a Batman, a cool like classic looking Batman at a, at Marty's Marty's shop. He has a cool uh, collection of all like loose figures. Yeah, you I can't love go that. wrong with those things. It's super cheap, so I picked up those. And then on my last thing, I uh, kind of dived into Sunny's realm. I went to a to a pawn shop and I found <laughs> two steel books for well six dollars each for uh, you know Batman uh, Batman Begins for six dollars pretty good condition too for steel and then it was also dark knight returns as well steel book and i already have the uh dark knight rises so i got the whole trilogy now on steel book and it looks it looks cool man it looks mint so that was that was the week that was the week it's a little bit of a mixed bag kind of went all over the place with the three and three quarters the comic books the the spawn and the steel books to close it off man so it's good yeah, Hasbro's got your number on that three and three quarter inch stuff, eh? Even with yeah. the the slightly over three three quarter inch the Ghostbuster line, the retro stuff seems yeah. to hit you, eh? It has, you know, like it's it's funny because the Ghostbusters at least I got to play with as a kid, and I've somehow been able to constrain myself to just like the... <laughs> I don't know how you've done. That. <laughs> I don't know how it's been tough, but I I managed to keep my you know the the, the pulse down with that, but. It's the the retro lines from I remember your place because you had you have like the original retro guys and they mm-hmm. look so cool and that's something I just never got to play with as a kid. My Star Wars experience was the Power of the Force, yeah. So to have these guys in card, I'm like they look really really cool. But then Hasbro goes and does the Marvel Legends thing, which is like a first timer because they've never been released in this kind of scale with the Kenner logo on there too. And yeah, once I saw it in person, the Hulk looked amazing, and then the Spider Man. And like the cap with his little shield, and I think there's a Miss Marvel out there I need to get in her original Carol Danvers outfit. And there is the Black Panther too. The Black Panther one I need to get, and uh, there's a Daredevil coming out. And the Magneto, the Magneto is like it's a must-have. Um, and I got the Johnny Storm, so I, I think I'm all in with this line. I think I'm actually all in with the three and three quarter. It's it's a really cool line, and I'll probably be only grabbing the cap, maybe yeah. the Black Panther, because I like the look of it from when they revealed it at the Hasbro con or whatever it was. Yes. But if the, the one thing I will say about them that I have, I do struggle with is display space because mm. they're meant to be in box. Right. Yeah. And even the Manda ones, I love it. And I'd love to pull them out and put them against or next to the original vintage. Cause I, yeah. the concept I like about the retro stuff is broadening or expanding the line. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen a lot of stuff where they've gone back, even with the Empire stuff, the the retro, the original retro Star Wars stuff. It's like all they really did was a new Tarkin and everything else we've seen before. Yeah. And I kind of grew tired of that, especially at the price point. But yeah. when you're talking about some of the Marvel stuff and now the Mando stuff that's making the line bigger in that scale yeah. and in that style, that is cool. I want yeah. more of that. Definitely. Like, bring me new figures or bring me Phantom Menace figures in that scale, oh. in that that five-point of articulation. Bring in even the Force Away, whatever. Yeah. Like, I think it's a cool way to broaden that line, and so you can have all of these figures, not in six-inch scale, but in the three-third yeah. inch, in the same line. And I guess technically you get that with the Vintage Collection, but right. this style is just so iconic. It is. And you it really is. just – and I that's the thing I like about this. And so – I'll see. It might, those are going to have to wait and see for me. Yeah. But to be honest with you, once I see them, I'm probably going to. I was the same way. I was the same way. I thought I could walk by it. And then once I saw it, I was like, yeah, I got to take it down. I agree, though, too. I, I do wish because is the vintage line in Canada, is it also the $17 price? Yeah, point? it might even be more than that now. Wow. Yeah, yeah it, is, it is crazy because yeah, I remember the Ghostbusters was the 17 and the yeah. Ghostbusters I could at least justify because they do come with a quite a bit of things. It's a and bigger it's, card. They're four inch. It feels special too, right? Yeah. Because it is more exclusives. It's not an extensive line. Like, yeah, you've got to look at guys like Kyle that is out there that has been in from the beginning of this yeah. relaunch. And those are coming out fast and furious as fast as the Black Series, right? Yeah. And so there's no like finite line unless you're saying, okay, I'm only prequel or I'm only OT mm-hmm. or whatever. But right. it's a difficult line. And I, I never got into it just purely because of the price point. And I'm yeah. kind of happy about that, to be honest with you. <laughs> Did you see the Clone War six inch that they're doing the throwback? <laughs> right? <laughs> Man, blew me away. That's one I've been waiting for for a long time is that um that armored Anakin from, yeah. from the early days of the Clone Wars. So, I'm excited. I'm also excited for our boy Rick because I know Rick's been chasing that Obi Wan mm-hmm. uh, Clone Wars look, and I he missed the first chance from the uh, Samurai Jack kind of look. But they've gone back. They're using the same head, but they're giving us like the the proper um, Dave Filoni yeah. verse. And I'm excited. I don't really care so much for those clone troopers, mm-hmm. but um, the Anakin obviously looks fantastic, oh, and the Obi Wan looks, so looks looks great. So. Gotta get that. Are you, you going in, or what do you think? I don't know. I'm probably yeah. gonna step back on these. I, the thing I like yeah. about them is the throwback cards mm. that they have. So they're like the white card backs that came with a three and quarter inch, all blown up, like we've seen them do with the Phantom Menace. Yeah. What this gives me hope for is that eventually they'll do a Power of the Force six inch scale up with like oh, imagine like a big man. buff like Han or Luke or whatever oh, Chewbacca, wow. but with that Power of the Force, that orange or that green, green. hollow yeah. back cards. Yeah, I'm. I would be all in on something like yeah. that. Yeah, they have to because that's a that's a huge successful line. I think that's probably the next big thing, obviously after oh, yeah. the original Kenner, right? So it, they have to pay some sort of homage to that. With the it would be silly if they didn't. Oh, like, man. and it's it's one of those figure lines too that, at least for our generation, that's what we yeah. grew up collecting. Yes, up until the Phantom Menace, it was that ninety five, ninety six era all the way yeah. up to ninety nine that. The power of the force really dominated. It was the return of Star Wars figures to the pegs. Definitely. And you and I missed the vintage. Yeah. Because it kind of peeled out around 85 or so. Oh, and so okay. there's Long there's there's quite a window there where there wasn't much in the space of Star Wars action figures. And then you do get to more of that He-Man, not not the sculpt at least, but the big like I, I want something like that. I want a Luke yeah. with his chest, you know, just to that to play homage <laughs> to that figure because of how important it was. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I that, love that idea. I hope they do it. I hope they do it. Fingers crossed. Well, it's it's kind of in the 
technical vintage space now, the Power of the Force, because Definitely. they are over 25 years old. In, oh, yeah, especially when they went back already and done the Phantom Menace, and this is older. Exactly. This goes, yeah. Yeah. So it has to be coming up soon, I'd imagine. Yeah, some anniversary they have to just say, okay, we're going to pull the trigger on this. So that would be really cool. That would definitely <laughs> get me in because I've been pretty cold on the Black Series as of late, and for no particular reason. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm not finding a real passion for, for collecting those right now. I'm sure I'll get back into it when they do something special, but a lot of this repeat packaging and all that has kind of turned me off a little bit. Like when they repack Jar Jar yeah. and they repack Mace Windu and they repack Qui-Gon. Yes, I know they're doing updated head sculpts. Yeah. But it, it kind of turned me off a little bit. So I'm looking Especially for... Especially for that price point. It's yeah. kind of ridiculous what, yeah. what they're trying to charge there for. And, and now I've found like it sucks because that Jar Jar now, I think I've seen him for 33 stacked at a couple of the Toys R Us. Yeah. Whereas first he's kind of harder to find. He's at higher price point And now they're going back and double dipping. So yeah, I'm not really feeling that. What, no. they, what they've done there yeah and then you look at the price points too we talked about that infinity war thor that they're putting out yeah. and no sorry endgame thor it's it's 38 dollars for pre-order that's crazy and it's, that it's, is crazy it's not a deluxe figure it is a no. normal six inch yes it comes with a head swap but most marvel legends have that accessory like it's got oh, two, it's pretty standard yeah it's it's very standard it's got two hammers it's got a head swap i don't know it doesn't even have a head swap no, I didn't see it because I saw he no. had like the obviously the electricity. He has yeah, his hammer. Think, maybe yeah, hand, he has, hand swaps. Yeah, a couple of hand swaps. He's got Stormbreaker, yeah. he's got Milner, and he's got yeah. the yeah, the electricity. Because I was hoping for a head swap so you could have him as normal Thor, not just the Thor that has kind of the bugged out eyes and all that. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Cause they tried pulling that before too with um the 80th anniversary of like the throwback Iron Man and Cap mm-hmm. and and yes. Thor. Yes. And Cap was the hard one to get, but they tried pr- pricing those guys. I think like 35, yeah. maybe even 38. Besides the Cap, all the other two figures just sat on the pegs and mm-hmm. then they dropped it down real quick. So it's funny. I don't know. Thor could go either way. He is a pretty hot character, especially when it comes to the MCU version mm-hmm. over the classic version. But yeah, I wish they'd evaluate that price because Black Series has been getting up there, mm-hmm. which I never understood why. Like if I had to go between Black Series and Marvel Legends, Marvel set Marvel Legends makes more sense to increase the price because with what you get, yeah. Whereas the Black Series doesn't really give you much. But I was getting used to the fact that the Marvel Legends in in my head kind of be more superior was cheaper, and I really like that. But mm-hmm. now it looks like they've also are increasing. And it's, ah. it's a pretty rapid increase up to that. Yeah. That 38 is usually what they'll peg for an exclusive. Yeah. And this, I don't believe, is an exclusive. It seems like it's going to be part of like an Infinity Saga line. Yeah. Where they do some throwbacks like they did with the 80th or with the 10th anniversary line that they did with the MCU where they yeah. went back and plucked out of movies and all that. And now I think they're just redubbing it, the Infinity Saga. And so mm-hmm. they have the ability to go back all through those 23 movies and and pull characters that they haven't produced before, which is awesome. It was what I wanted. Yeah. But at near $40 with tax, oh. whew, that's that kills hell. me. And I, and I as, as the crazy guy that's thinking, I'm going to, I'm going to double dip. I'm going to buy two of these guys. Mm-hmm. I want one in box to display with, um, well, to get that moment, right. To get yep. cap and iron man in box. And I want to have one more out. Now I'm like, well, I'm not spending $80. On no. Two figures. What is crazy too. <laughs> when you do the math on that, what yeah. that line is going to cost, say it's six figures. Yeah. It's going to be the same price as a hot toy for six yeah. action figures. That is rough. It, it starts to really weigh heavy on what you can and can't collect. Yeah. And I know we've talked about this before, but it is getting to a point where they're going to price out collectors 
Or you're going to have to make a decision. You can't be a Black Series and a Marvel Legends. At least, I wouldn't even say completist. I would say even no. like picking and choosing is going to be hard with the amount of waves Definitely. they have coming out. If they do eight, six waves a year, that is a pretty penny that you're spending on plastic. Oh, it's huge. Especially with the amount of shows that Star Wars will be pumping out. And then and, we got the MCU shows yeah. and the movies. <laughs> and the comic book stuff, too. And I'm the, talking about comics. <laughs> so yeah it's it's pretty crazy and to be honest with you the collecting game has been it's been another slow week for me i haven't really found the footing as to where i want to step to next and so i took this week and took some inspiration from you guys and i started reading comic books again nice it's been six months since i've read anything of any substance really the three jokers was the last thing i Mm. i read kind of in a, a more religious way where i kind of sat down each day it came out and read through it but with all the falcon winter soldier stuff happening i had to go back to the tanahashi coats captain america run that started a couple years ago right after secret empire and so i started with issue one and i blasted through 10 issues yesterday (laughs) so i love that and it's actually got some cool themes in it because you know tanahashi coats he he has some great writing credentials and he's doing some really cool stuff with captain america in this book especially early on i think it's up to this goes up to issue 27 28 right now did he do black panther as well yeah he did he did did. yeah okay and it's it's a really cool book and they uh, the theme that they play with it too is about the shield and what it represents Cool. Which kind of nicely ties and dovetails into the Falcon Winter Soldier about the shield being a symbol mm-hmm. as opposed to the man behind it or underneath the mask. It's all about the shield and destroying the shield. If you destroy that imagery, you destroy the the dream, you destroy the perspective, you destroy kind of what that all means. And so it was kind of a cool tie to, to Cap or the Falcon Winter Soldier when I was reading through it there, which I really enjoyed. Nice. Yeah. And Art's so- good too, eh? That's really good. It yeah. it takes a little stumble in issue six, um, but then it picks back up again. And it's it's funny when you can see artist transition, right? It's mm. you're like really digging the art, and then it trans. You're like, whoa, what just happened here? So, it stands out. Yeah, it stands out a little bit. And it takes a couple issues to get used to, I think, with some some artists as well. Other than that, I I I've been kind of rearranging the nerd room here, and there you go. I've been pushing around my Pez my my Star Wars Pez collection for two years i could never find a spot i liked and i finally sat down and said screw it and i just built a shelf <laughs> wicked i just built my own little shelf so you guys can go over at the nerd on instagram and check out the shelf i built for my pez because i wanted something i could put on the wall and i made this nice little tiered thing i had some scrap wood bang bang together stained it hung it up and i'm good to go i finally feel satisfied <laughs> with the 20 or 30 or so pez i have on it and I'm I'm good to go. I'm good That's to go. That's a good feeling. Is is it full, or you still got room left to go, so you can you can throw it in there? It's pretty full. I think I can I can compress a little. I've got them well spaced, but I can compress nice. a little because I'm only missing a handful actually, and most of them are in the Clone Wars era that I'm missing mm. of the of the Pez. And so there's a few exclusives I need, and those are kind of more the Funko Pez with the bigger heads on them. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but if you go true Pez, I think I'm only missing four to have the entire collection. And wow. it's like an Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan Clone Wars. And then I think a Princess Leia. So five, Princess Leia and X-Wing Luke is all I'm wow. missing. So someday, wow. <laughs> someday. Someday when those there, conventions are safe. Yes, that's that's what we <laughs> yeah. need back, man. We need back yeah. conventions. We need back the hunt in a real way. Yeah, the Vader box. We need all that good stuff oh, back. Oh, <laughs> man, man, the red and white. You remember yeah. all the stuff we were used to get at those conventions? 
is amazing. You can clean up because those are the times when you can really find those hidden gems that like I would have never found this anywhere mm. else. Not even on Kijiji. Those are the places. It's those those conventions, man. Yeah, and I really miss that because especially as collectors, if you're consciously aware of what you want and what you're willing to pay for it, you can yeah. go in and get smoking deals. And you have to be willing to say, no, I'm good on that. But both of us have found so much mm. just buried. Yeah. And it's sometimes it's just when you know what it is and how much it's worth, you can say easily, okay, pull the trigger on this. No problem. No hesitation. Yeah. Because we know hesitation kills from that Anakin. <laughs> We've all been there. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, let us know what you've been up to on the hunt this past week. It's It's been a few weeks of a bit of uncertainty, and I know a lot of people are getting back out in the hunt. Our boy Ian, he's always out there mm. showing some sweet videos from Japan, all those hot toys and some of the figs he's finding. It's Japan is flush oh, with figs. Oh, my God. <laughs> those stores he goes into, yeah. I just want to hop on a plane and go there. I'm, and he, he posted up a new Wonder Woman Mafex, and yes. that has me tempted in that line now. And just amazing stuff, man. Amazing. Yeah, so big shout-out to Ian. Keep posting those videos, man. We got to see more of your collection, too. Mm. You got pretty deep and broad collection that I wouldn't mind taking a peek at one day. (laughs) But dude, let's let's jump over to the news from this action figure talk. And we're going to start off with a new era of DC film production. So guys, last week we spent some time with the boys over at Let's Go doing a bit of a breakdown of DC film. And we focused in on the past. We looked at everything from Man of Steel to Zack Snyder's Justice League. So if you want to check that out, head back one episode and part two of that show of that series is going to be over on let's go's feed in the not too distant future we'll be talking about the future and we'll be touching on things like black adam and the flash both of these films are in active production and finally the flash it's happening man it's it's happening andy muschetti put out on his instagram and confirmed with a small video that the flash is happening and this is beyond casting. This is beyond conjecture and rumor. This is active production, guys. This movie's happening. And Michael Keaton has been confirmed by his agents that he is, in fact, in this movie alongside of your favorite man, oh. Ben Affleck, as double Bruce Wayne's whatever's going to happen here. I think this is going to be a great swan song for Ben Affleck as Batman and a great reintroduction of Michael Keaton's goddamn Batman 89. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Batman returns for the second time. Yes. And um, that's amazing news because I know there was some whispers that he, he wasn't going to be doing it due mm-hmm. to just restrictions of, of COVID and whatnot. And he's up there in age. And um, to step back, actually, for me, when I saw that video, I was super stoked because Idris, or not Idris, um, Ezra Miller, sorry. Yes. Ezra Miller really won me over in the Zack Snyder Justice mm-hmm, League. Agreed. Um, but the music choice for this little two-second clip really sold me because I'm like, it had those hints of that Zack Snyder film when he was doing his uh, his uh, Speed Force. So that was amazing stuff. But then also we get hit as well. Just that concrete evidence that um, Keen is back mm-hmm. for Batman. Things are going to get nuts. And then obviously Ben Affleck's in there too. We've seen the concept arts floating around and it just looks amazing. And, uh, you know, well, whether whether they want to revisit Zack Snyder's verse or not, this is either way going to um, basically be some sort of sequel to yeah. that film or Justice League, right? So it is cool that we are getting that synergy of cast, but also bringing in something familiar from the night, well, 89. 
Yeah. It's, it's it's amazing stuff. And um, this is cool. This is cool news because we get best of both Batmans, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I'm all there for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked for this. This kind of line in the sand, this is happening. It gives the release date some real credence to it that it's mm-hmm. actually going to come out. Andy Muschietti seems to be very much invested in bringing this story to film, which excites me. And the concept that they're going for and whatever they evolve the Flash into from Zack Snyder's Justice League, because I'm with you there. That film did wonders for that character and mm-hmm. wonders for Ezra Miller in that role. And I want to see more of that. The score, when he's doing yeah. the reverse time thing and they establish that he can do that, Yeah, pick up from there and run and expand it, broaden it in this film universe with this film. Bring in Michael Keaton, bring in Ben Affleck in. Whether you're transitioning one out and transitioning one in, or you're just putting one on a shelf for now with Ben Mm. Affleck and saying, okay, he's there. We'll put him over here for now. We're going to run with this Batman. Hey, he's always available. We got the Flash. We got the, the, what is it, the Speed Force. We've got time travel. We've got multiverse. Hey, it's happening. We're embracing it. Bring it on. It, It just... There's so much that's happened in the last month or two that's got me excited for The Flash. It's a movie that I was like, yeah, it's not happening. Or if it does happen, it's going to be just another movie. Yeah. This is becoming an epic. This is becoming an event. Yeah. Yeah. Which which, which is amazing to see just, you know, off of really just one film uh, doing that. It's, it's, It's something else. And I just think it's it's so out of this world because this is something that hasn't been done on the big screen the cw's kind of been right at home with mm-hmm. this kind of stuff with the with the arrowverse but to have um yeah man to have keen's bats ben affleck and ed uh, ezra miller being the glue and there's just the theory crafting that's going to be coming off of this leading up to this film's release date is something else and i'm just i'm just glad we're here because it's been a long time i think well i guess coming off of bvs is when we got the announcement of a solo flash film slash mm-hmm. cyborg buddy cop film which obviously got buried quite some time ago so it's really cool to see what they've been able to kind of uh, scrap together and really make something special here. Yeah, really looking yeah. forward to it. And the other one that's happening is Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam. Yeah. This guy has ramped up the promo machine. And even some of the videos that he posted this weekend with his daughter and Aquaman and some of the back and forth with Jason Momoa, it really brings a, another great feel to the DC film universe when you have this type of interaction between two actors that are larger than life and are going to be bringing that sort of presence to the screen in these characters. And Black Adam, man, I'm a DJ fanatic. I'll follow yeah. him anywhere. But the effort and the the time that he's putting into this character in particular, it, it seems next level to me. And he has promised that this character is going to elevate the DC universe and it's going to be a game changer for the DC universe. I buy everything that DJ puts on the table here, man. Is is the hype real for you now? That you're seeing active production. You're seeing mm. he is jacked oh, for this man. role. <laughs> he's he's going to be the biggest superhero out there. Um, I'm totally stoked. Um, not only necessarily just for obviously the Rock to enter the universe, but just to see um, the effects what he will bring to the mm-hmm. character of Black Adam and to the masses. You know similar to possibly something like Iron Man, where yep. people didn't even know the guy was a human under that suit. I want to see him really just shine a light on this character and, and just make him larger than life, like obviously what Dwayne Johnson is. And um, it's cool because this is something that I don't have uh, much background in. Like, I don't know a super lot about um, Black Adam 
or Shazaz Adam, as he is in the comics <laughs> now these days. And I think I heard two, obviously, with Pierce Brosnan now in the yeah. mix as well. My favorite Bond out there, one of them. So to see him in this movie is going to be just um, something special. And The Rock, obviously, he grows physically, but he just keeps growing better and better as an actor. Yeah. Like, he knows the roles that he fits in. And um, believe it or not, I mean, watching Jumanji 1 and 2, especially 2, he's pretty good. He's like great. him uh, cha- channeling his... Um, Danny DeVito, yeah, I Danny. Mean, it, was, it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. And so to see him now obviously get back into something maybe a little more serious because DC really can kind of uh, hone in on that kind of feel and tone. I'm all in, man. I'm yeah. all in. I, I love Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Big, big fan of him. And it's cool to see all these different roles from like a SWAT team, Fast and Furious from Hercules to now uh, Black Adam. I'm all in. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I think he's perfectly positioned as this anti-hero. I think they're seeming yeah. developing into where they can play to his positive side, but they can also play to a bit of a darker side of him, which I think he'll really benefit. Like you look at Hobbs and Shaw, you look at some of the stuff he's done where he's kind of walking a line. Yeah, I think that's where he fits best. And I think he'll bring the best to the role where he's not this like shiny Captain America type because that yeah. would almost seem fake to me. You Definitely. know, like if, he yeah. bec- if he's this Boy Scout. He needs yeah. to have a bit of an edge to him, and I think this role is going to bring it. And you're right. Black Adam, I don't know anything about, but I'm day one in the seat just because it's DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all there, man. Excited. Yeah. And so moving on to a char- from a character that we're not really familiar to another character in another universe that we're not exactly familiar with, and that's, that's Shang-Chi. Yeah. So we got a trailer dropped onto us yesterday, which was on Sim Liu's birthday the main actor that is portraying shang chi and it it took me by complete surprise i was not expecting to see another mcu trailer because we're building into the falcon winter soldier here we've got black widow on the doorstep coming this july but it does make sense september 3rd this film drops and we have not Mm. seen a frame from this i don't even remember seeing set photos from this the only indication we ever got of anything was I do think the Marvel Legends that they released today, the images, I think they were leaked a little while back. Yeah. And that's all we got. But this trailer of a relatively unknown character entering the MCU, he's a Canadian boy, the lead actor mm. here, which is awesome. This this character has lots of history in Marvel Comics going all the way back to 1973. But to me, big question mark. The only thing I've ever read him in really was AVX, and that was in oh, yeah. 2012. I believe. So what are your thoughts on this trailer, man? What are your thoughts on the MCU entering and embracing some of the more mysticism that we're going to see in this, as well as that true martial arts epic that we have not really seen in the MCU proper. Yes, we saw some of that in the Netflix stuff, but I'm talking big screen MCU. This is our first foray into that side of filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah. No, this, um, this looks promising because yeah, I, I know next to nothing about uh, Shang-Chi. I mean, obviously, I know he was once an Avenger. Then you obviously mentioned the AVX. Um, for me, my biggest insight on the character actually was going back to one of Dan Slott's runs on Spider-Man, where he uh, Spider-Man lost his spider sense for quite some time. And obviously, he's grown to be reliant on his sense like you would with any other. And Shang-Chi actually taught him how to fight and do martial arts outside of using that power. And it's actually a really cool arc. Um so that kind of gave some light to the character. Watching this trailer, though, didn't know what to expect. Starts off kind of okay, but it's the fighting. It's mm-hmm. the fighting for me that really sold it. When he does that move in the uh, the subway or the bus, where he does like the uh, like the air splits, and then he also yeah. does like, another kick in the air. I was like, 
that is really cool. Like that's something I would have never seen before. I've never seen something like that. Seems very comic like actually. Um, the character seems great. The action seems cool. I even like the sound choice. Um, the Mandarin stuff to me is is, yeah. is a really cool insight because I'm I'm one of the guys that was on the outside of Iron Man three. Mm-hmm. Didn't really mess with it, and I feel like we're here at a chance now to uh, redeem the Mandarin character in general again because I do think Ben Kingsley is credited in this film. I think. He might be I because think. if you remember, they did remember when they used to do those Marvel one shots, yes, and stick them on DVDs. They they backtracked on the Mandarin in one of them, and that Ben Kingsley's portrayal was actually just him stealing the name, and then the real Mandarin was coming to yeah. get him. And That's so right. we may see them pick up that because the Mandarin and the Ten Rings is going to be the only real tangible connection I think to the MCU. This this property for the most part I think will sit on its own for a little while mm. and you all get that subtle connection, but it's not like you're going to see Dr. Strange or Spider-Man or someone show up in this. Like right. we've seen in a lot of films, this right. one I think is going to take some time to construct its own universe in the same way that guardians kind of did where, yeah, you get the infinity stones and then Thanos thing is your connection point, but really it was off on its own. This feels like that, but the Mandarin stuff yeah. is really going to be the tie. Yeah. Because yeah, because you mentioned the guardians aspect and also I, th- I think, I think Black Panther did a pretty good job too yes. of keeping it right, and yeah. and it kind of had a little bit of that feel too of, of of like this world that we haven't really explored. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. The costume design really caught me by surprise too. That was that was fantastic stuff. My only complaint really, and it's not so much about this film; it's just kind of the Marvel universe itself these days. For me, at least, it was um, the comedic relief at the end. Yeah, uh, Aquafina, she's hit or miss with me. Like sometimes she's pretty funny, sometimes she's a little over the top for me. And when they threw it in the trailer, I was like, I didn't really laugh, but I mean, I get it because this is kind of like what the Marvel film, um, yeah. format is, right? It's so, a classic Marvel teaser trailer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. But you know what? The uh, the the action figure of Aquafina actually looks spot on. Like it looks exactly like her. Yeah. They're a little lifeless, the figures. Oh, but, man. Um, they like, no really personality in those figures. No <laughs> Which is unfortunate because, like, posing, like, someone like Shang-Chi, especially, you mentioned it before, like, we should definitely come with um with a head swap. Yeah. You know, because something like that, you need to capture the uh, the passion behind those punches and kicks, right? But, yeah, man. Uh, this looks like he's doing some sort of lineup photo or whatever, right? A passport photo. <laughs> like, it's they're all just, like, straight face. And I agree with you. They need to have personality, especially with the hand swaps. You got six hands in the Shang-Chi figure and this face that has zero expression. So you have, like you look into the trailer, the way that he moves his hands seems to be very Mm. important, right? Like hands were a big focal point with him punching the thing. And then, you know, on the bus and all that, yeah, yeah, these figures don't give any credence (laughs) to what that means. It's It's unfortunate. Like, like they're going to be like in a back row in the, on the shelf, just kind of standing straight up. Like it, it seems a bit odd, but yeah, mm. for me, the, the trailer hit really well. I've watched it quite a few times. Nice. And it did have that formulaic feel to it for the MCU, but the thing that took me away from that was the content inside of it. Mm. It doesn't really feel like an MCU movie. And you look at, yes, the, the general build, the father-son story, kind of let him go on be on his own after training him his whole life, and he seemingly went to a bit of a party life and all that. And then he's being pulled back into this world, which is really cool. But you look at some of the scenes that are stuck in there too, that if you're not watching for them, you don't really click as to what they are. But there are these some of these like major epic looking battles going way back in time, it seems. Cool. When you're looking at kind of almost this Mulan-esque 
Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon look and yeah. feel to them. Some of those shots too. Very Crouching Tiger. Yeah, yeah, very epic. Yeah, with some of the big, the swings of the camera and all that. Yeah. And so it seems like it's going to pair this modern story with maybe some of the past and build in a lot of the history of the Ten Rings and what that more fundamentally means for this universe outside of what we've seen them used in the Iron Man films, right? Mm. Where we've used, they've really been used as kind of a terrorist organization that was more represented by Middle Eastern because of yeah. the time, right? Afghanistan and all that, you know, be it as it may. Yeah. But it seems they're going to really retcon some of that back, I think, and use it as more of a, a status point for building up the Mandarin. And I hope it's a character that they continue through because when you look at this film and you juxtapose it against some of the other films that we're getting, they're really embracing kind of this mystic end of things. Yeah. Like with Doctor Strange, WandaVision, this movie, Eternals, even yeah. No Way Home, it's got a little bit of a different feel to it. And so For sure. it seems there's like this general shift of the MCU over the next couple of films to embracing something a little bit different, going a little bit more abstract with their filmmaking. Yeah, and I, I guess like, that makes sense too because I think like Moon Knight too will yes. be right at home with that kind of aspect, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean I'm sure eventually we'll bring in Ghost Rider. So yeah, I kind of like that that switch from like the 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 space kind of adventure yeah. to something kind of mystic. It's a it's a good transition. Yeah, it's that. very good. So this trailer, I think it did what it needs to do for the character. Yeah, it gave a great introduction to what Shang Shang Chi is, and more importantly, I think it introduced what the film is going to be. Marvel's mm. first martial arts epic. Yeah. Because it's it's going to deliver on that. Some of those fight scenes, holy man, the core, like when he grabs the knife at that one point. Oh and- yeah, they have to because I mean his title is the master of kung fu. Yeah. So they they got they got a goal in here. It's uh it's it's a cool it's a cool look and it's just a nice another thing to add to the portfolio of Marvel films mm-hmm. being different and versatile from the other ones, right? Yeah, and really yeah. diversifying in cast, not only oh, yeah. in front of but also behind the camera mm-hmm. as well. And I think it's these type of characters that we need to build the new Avengers around. Definitely. Build yeah. the young Avengers around some of the younger characters that we're seeing, like the Patriot and the Falcon, and the winter soldier and all that. Right. They are building for a longer term and a, a more broad, at least as far as look shape to the MCU, which I'm excited about. I'm excited to see something different. Yes. Yeah. Do we know when this takes place? Is this pre snap or after I'm going to go with, Post snap is my guess. Okay. Yeah. Just because I think with phase four kicking off with Black Widow, we're we're stepping back to Civil War time. So yeah. this is really, I guess, outside of the WandaVision and the Falcon Winter Soldier, this is the first film that will take place post snap or post blip, I guess, when everyone comes back. Well, well Far From Home, right? Oh yeah. I always forget yeah. about Far From Home because it's kinda <laughs> it kinda ties so really close. tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you are yeah. right. Yeah. So I guess this is this the first new character. Maybe I'll yeah, rephrase definitely. that. Yeah, yeah. So it uh, it'll be a nice introduction because you know the characters that we've seen put to Disney Plus and then the Black Widow film, of course, are characters that we've been introduced to and we're getting a broadening and expanding of their story. This mm-hmm. is our first new character being put to screen, which which is exciting, and I'm I'm stoked about to see uh, what the next chapter in the MCU looks like when we're starting to to look and embrace new characters that will be the future and could potentially be future pillars of this universe so yeah man very exciting stuff there very wild and crazy trailer that really kind of kicks off the the mcu and kind of ramps up this as we run towards the ending of the second disney plus mcu show in falcon and the winter soldier now a couple weeks ago we talked about episode three 
coming off the back end of episode one and two, which really laid some great groundwork for the show. And episode three was, I think you and Carlos especially felt it was a bit of a stumble. You know, mm. I got my blinders on sometimes, but I could see where you guys were, were taking that. And I, I agree with you because episode three really stands out when you compare and contrast it to episode four and five because yeah. they really shifted tone in episode four especially. And they did one of the most violent things, if not the most violent thing we've ever seen in the MCU. So before we talk about what we're expecting and what we're potentially going to see in episode six, let's run through some of the highlights of episodes four and five. And the first one I'll start with is Sam's transition into Captain America. I felt Mm. episode four, especially coming off of episode three, where you rightly pointed out, he kind of just played this weird like character that didn't make any sense. Didn't do much for what they had done in the previous two episodes about him being, you know, a character that stands out, you know, that stands yeah. on his own. And then you've got him dressing kind of like an African pimp, yeah. <laughs> but here, Sam Wilson, Sam Wilson, I will say starts to transition into that role, especially in his discussions with Carly and what they did there. Like they brought Zemo, they have all this build up, but it was really the moments there's two moments to stand out here. One being this discussion of Sam and Carly not wanting to go the path of violence, of fighting. Did, did that do the same thing for you? Did episode four start to pivot and transition away from the bit of a stumble in episode three? Oh, 100%. That, uh, that moment between Sam and Carly was is my favorite moment of Falcon. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really think Anthony Mackie's um, uh, not only acting, but just his embodiment of of someone that's like, hey, like that is Captain America. Like to me, I was like, that is something mm-hmm. that I could definitely see Steve Rogers yes. do before about to throw down. I I, I thought it was great. I, it is really something special, um, because there has been moments like that I've I've noticed in this show. Um, I've had some of that moments with um with um Sebastian Stan. Yes, between Anthony and Mackie, and then this carried on really strong to the point in your back of your head, you know. Walker's gonna come in there anytime soon, yeah. but you're you're hoping like don't because yes. they have like this whole show could end right now. Everything could, could just be nice right now, <laughs> but of course, of course that couldn't happen. Yeah, but no, you got love you got, that scene. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic scene and it does a lot for Sam because yeah, they had to do a lot of work coming off episode three, right? They had they're halfway through the season and they found themselves almost back on their heels from our discussion, right? Where there's so much they had to run through in the next two episodes to get us to a point where the work that they did in episode one and two, especially around the Isaiah Bradley stuff and all that in episode two, that they really had to work hard to get there. And I think this really helped bridge one of the bigger gaps in the show between episode two as, and then when we get to episode four, crossing through episode three. And the other character that got a lot of focus was, was John Walker. Yeah. And it kicked off with this pretty wild fight that we see with the Wakandans inside mm. of this like i love this fight not only for what it does for the wakandans but also from the commentary from bucky and sam in the background and zemo there just watching this all happen in front of them where john walker gets basically taken to pieces by the oh, wakandans yeah. and have one of the wakandans holding the shield oh. and pulling bucky's arm off and basically saying look these are on loan from wakanda yeah like respect them yeah <laughs> That was powerful because they just came in there like just all business, yeah. all business, and the way they handled that was amazing. And it, I kind of like the um, 
the ignorance of, of Walker, yeah. you know, just thinking like, like, you know, this is our dare restriction. I, actually, I think he said they don't have any. Yeah. But, and they just kind of came in like, we don't have any, we yeah. can go wherever we, we, we please. And when, yeah, like you mentioned, when that lady did the, uh, the winter soldier elevator scene yes. where she kicked the shield and took it, I was like, cause I love it when, when Cap does that. That was fantastic, and how they just they won that fight. But then, long behold, you know Nemo get, or Zemo gets out, yeah, and he escapes. Um, and it's kind of funny just to kind of sit back and just watch all these people fight each other while the the target is is moving. So it was a well done scene, really. Yeah, good. it was really yeah. well done because it really set up for what was coming. Right, it it gave mm-hmm. John that perspective that you know he's meant to be Captain America. This has always been about the super soldier serum, and. You know, he sits back at the end and says they did—they're not even super soldiers. Yeah, and they got taken to pieces. Like even the moment when the spear is in the desk and he's trying to pull it out, and she just walks up and yanks it out. Like it, yeah. it, it put into perspective, I think, for him, where he stood on the pecking order when it comes to fighting in these type of wars, in these type of battles. Yes, he had fought wars, he had done a lot, he was a decorated soldier, but he had never fought at this level. He wasn't in Endgame. He wasn't in Infinity nope. War, right? He has not battled shoulder to shoulder with the Wakandans, and he's not battled against foes like your Ultrons, your Thanoses, even yeah. like your Killmongers in that, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, especially because if you look at him as a human compared to someone like Black Widow or or Hawkeye, he just doesn't have that experience of what yeah. those guys. And granted, you know, they're, they're all just regular humans, no powers, but it just goes to show the difference in level of like the Wakandans or uh, Black Widow, yeah, or Clint, right? It's 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 kind of amazing just to scale that compared to them. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of a nice juxtaposition when when he actually had that realization that mm. he's entering a whole new world, right? And I, I think that framed that up just just really nicely. And to me, it puts the Wakandans in a really nice spot too, right? It, it kind of elevates them to yes, they are they fought in Endgame, right? They were <laughs> yeah. running on that field, like John Walker, take a back seat, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we talked in the past about whether or not we thought John Walker had something in him, the super soldier serum, right? Mm. There, this is a bit of a MacGuffin for the story. And he takes it in this episode after Zemo had destroyed most of it. And this, I think, this is, it, it beautifully dovetails into the first Avenger. And if you remember the speech mm. that Abraham Erskine had, and said to Steve Rogers about a soldier being a good man and the serum itself amplifies the human. And someone that's had power all their life, had success all their life, might not understand what it means to be the little guy. And this was a beautiful callback to that because once Cer- once Walker takes the serum, he changes, he pivots he cha- like, into something different. And this leads us down, after Battlestar Lamar is killed by Carly, mm-hmm. this leads him down a, a blinding path where he kills a man in public with Steve Rogers with Captain America's shield. And oh. that that was impactful. Like when he's doing it, I, I I saw on Twitter a few times people said like the most brutal thing ever hap- in the MCU happens in this episode. I'm thinking like what what could they possibly do? Not. But this this took this to another level and I think it took it to a level where this show needed. Mhm to raise the stakes and to escalate the stakes of what it means to be Captain America, of what it means to hold that shield. Because John Walker, he he's he's a he's a decorated soldier. Yeah. But he's doesn't appear to be the right person to be holding the shield. So that moment, man, how did that moment hit you? Oh, that moment was fantastic for me. Um I, I've been I've been kind of feeling for a while um 
being a big fan of the boys. I'm like, this guy, this guy's yes. pretty close to being on that Homelander. Uh, he, he's, he's pretty close to just losing it. But for me, what really did it with this scene is it just goes to show everything that he does wrong just makes Captain America Steve Rogers that much better. Because like that power to have, it really, when you think back about everything that Cap's done, you're for me at least, I just fanboy out a little bit to be like, wow, like this guy had all this and he just kept his like a cool head the whole yeah. time. Whereas this power has really gone to this guy. And he's a good soldier too, this guy at one point, right? But it's just gone to him and he's just really doesn't have like that heart of Steve. And um, when we get to that scene, we get it kind of a little bit of that hallway scene, and he's chasing that guy down, and the music goes real quiet, very um, like Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. like. Um, and I was like, "Wow, he's going in!" And he in front of everybody, and the cameras out, and you really feel like I really felt like I was like that audience, like I was there witnessing Captain America kill somebody, not necessarily innocent, but wrong, wrong crime. Like it wasn't him that did the crime, and cold blood murder in front of everyone with that shield. And that shot where the camera's underneath him a little bit and you see the bloody shield and Walker's kind of twitching a little. He plays that role extremely well. Extremely well. White Han Russell. Holy moly. Like John Walker is a breakout character in this show. Like not the character I thought we were going to get, but definitely the character that this show needed. Because like you said with Steve Rogers and John Walker, it also shows the difference in Sam Wilson. And John Walker. Yeah. Right? Sam Wilson, yes, a decorated serviceman himself. But it goes to show what sort of it takes to be Captain America. And that Mm -hmm. Sam himself has what it takes in him, super soldier or not, to be Captain America. And that's something that Bucky sees throughout this as well. Yes. Bucky has been, especially as we get in episode five here, looking at Sam being like, this is your role. Like you shouldn't have given this up. This was Steve chose you for a reason. Mm-hmm. And to go back to what you said a couple episodes ago about that moment with Sebastian Sam with Bucky, where if he was wrong about Falcon, then he was wrong about winter soldier wrong about yeah. him. That like, to me, when you pointed that out, that like made everything just kind of make so much more sense because Great that's, scene. that's the importance. And that's why Bucky is chasing this, right? It's mm-hmm. not, it's not to really uphold steve's legacy well it is but it's also to prove that he that what steve saw in him is what he should feel about himself definitely which makes that character of bucky so much more complex and so much more interesting i I have to say like i love sam wilson in this i love walker but what they're doing with bucky as well like when they show that wakanda scene of him being freed from the mind control yeah when they show him in this fight like there, there's so much more to that character, and I love, love Sebastian Stan in this role too. Oh, I love it! I love it, and, and thank goodness you know that this show is being done in a show format because we get these moments. Because if this was a movie, we would never get this. No. We would never get this, and just to be able to peel off those layers of what he's gone through because Winter Soldier, he was literally just playing like a badass, yeah. which was cool. And First Avenger, he was basically just that sidekick. Um, and then Civil War, there's so much spotlight to be shared with all these heroes. So to have him here and break break him down alongside with um, Sam Wilson, it's it's really something special and goes to show really just how powerful uh, the Disney Plus platform mm-hmm. can be for these MCU shows. Yeah, totally agree with you, man. There, because yeah. you're right. In a movie, we don't get nearly half of this, or they have to sideline one of them, and he can't sideline Sam Wilson. Yeah. So it's either John Walker or Bucky that gets a bit of a backseat in this. And yeah. does disservice to what they're developing the story here. Because as we get into episode five, yeah. we get a 
Civil War s type of fight. Like, come on, one of those shots right off the start of the show, where we've got we've got Bucky, we've got Sam, and we've got John Walker doing that face off, similar to the Bucky Cap Iron Man. Yeah. Oh, what do you think about this banger of a fight? Oh, this this is great. Again, it continues like that uh that Tom Cruise run of Walker going off into that <laughs> into that warehouse, and uh, I, I and I love it, and I love it because again, you know, it, it props to uh to the actor playing John Walker, and he has that moment to himself, and I love when Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier finally confront him. And I think Walker says, you don't want to do this. And they pan it over to Bucky, and he's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> and, I, and I love it. I love that part. It was great. All in the all in the face, the acting there. And then, we, yeah, you, you mentioned it. We get that Civil War battle going on between them. And this was this was great. This was probably... Yeah, I would say it's my favorite action scene in the in in the show, hands down. This was phenomenal stuff what they're doing. I love the use too of what they do with Sam's like um wings, how yeah. he fights with it and how he um accelerates the rocket pack on and off. It's really cool stuff to do. And they kind of changed his fighting style a little bit more, where it's a little more like um acrobatic like mm-hmm. as opposed to just like punch punch he, he he does a lot of kicks which is kind of neat i don't know if he does that normally in the comics or whatnot but i really do like that they've kind of changed his fighting style from from uh bucky's and from caps it's, it's refreshing it's cool yeah yeah i like it Great too scene. because it, it makes him standing against bucky and walker believable because yeah. he's like the two of them are full of super social serum <laughs> and Sam isn't, but you put the wings on Sam and the way he, like you said, the way he's able to move around a bit more acrobatic, it makes his impact on the fight believable. Yeah. Because if he's just going in there toe to toe, right? A couple punches and I'm sorry, like anyone's going to fall, right? Yeah. To, to one of these two guys. Oh yeah. And so having him have that extra layer of, of padding when it comes to the fight, it really elevates his character and it goes to show when he, does become Captain America here, the wings are going to still be an important part of that character, mm. I think, which is really cool, which is what they did in the comic books. Yeah. Like, uh, he doesn't need to to be that cookie-cutter Captain America with a bucket on it. He's got to be the Falcon that transitions into Captain America. He's got to hold over some of those qualities that make him unique as well. Yeah. And one of those is the wings, the red, white, and blue ring wings, I hope. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So a couple of the other arcs that we do see kind of come to somewhat of a close in episode five is one is Zemos. So this is a character that had kind of a funny overall arc, I think, in this show. My expectation coming into episode three was that he was going to be a bit more of the Hannibal Lecter where they visit him, they get some information from him, he guides them. There's obviously some sort of underlying thread that he is maybe trying to lay but we don't really get a whole bunch of them. But this show, actually, we got three episodes of Zemo. Mm. And the third episode, it was I, I, I kind of like Zemo. And there are some question marks around, does it make sense that they went after this character? And what are the implications for them going after Zemo as opposed to embracing some help from John Walker? And what does that do to Walker? But Zemo overall, <laughs> what, what did you think of this character's arc? Because I don't think we're going to see him here in the final episode. Yeah, yeah, no, I th- think I mentioned it before. I I love the performance of what this actor has done, mm-hmm. and um, you know, classic Marvel, they 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 throw in the things to make their villains a little more likable and whatnot. But um, I'm glad. I really like the way they wrapped it. Yeah, I, I'm glad that he ended up in the hands of Wakanda, and um, they could very well revisit him again. But I think they wrapped him up pretty well. 
and I love the exchange that him and Bucky had. It kind of reminded me a little bit of um, Chadwick Boseman's yeah. um, confrontation with him at the end of Civil War. So that was great. And um, it was kind of cool to see Bucky kind of um, challenge himself in that sense and then back out by not actually killing him. Because mm-hmm. if he was the Winter Soldier, obviously, he would have done that no problem. So it was neat to see him step back and let him get taken away by uh, by the Wakandans there. So all around, no, I think his arc was great. Um, I mean, the guy had the, the, the best GIF of the year, probably. Yeah. Like, that thing's huge. Yeah. <laughs> that, I love that one, the dance. Yeah. So that's a win. <laughs> that's a win for Marvel, man. So, no, I, I really do like it because I was a little nervous of how they're going to end that whole thing, but I really do like where they went with it. So now, in hindsight, after seeing the show, or at least his arc, I can walk away and be like, okay, cool. They, yeah. they, they did it justice, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you because it, it's hard to take Sam Wilson and put him in the cap uniform which I'm presuming they're going to about episode six yeah. here and have him standing shoulder to shoulder with Zemo. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't, it doesn't quite work. And I agree. I think that the way that they ended his arc, they, they put him in, in cold storage, if you want to call it that yeah. in, in hyperstasis again, if they want to pull him out for a thunderbolts or something, I think mm-hmm. he got enough fan love that I don't think this is the end of Zemo. Mm-hmm. Um, we may get a stinger or something like that with the character we're going to talk about here in a minute where Maybe he gets pulled out of Wakanda, but I think it's kind of the appropriate end is it makes sense. The character didn't have any more running room and it, and it felt as an, a nice way, again, like you mentioned with the exchange between him and Bucky for Bucky relinquishing a bit of that because Zemo and that whole Bucky thing, that's such an important piece of civil war. Yeah. And it's a really nice callback to that where Bucky makes that decision to not kill him and to show him, you know, the man that activated him and really caused civil war to show him that, he's no longer broken. He's no longer bound by those words and bound by his past as a winter soldier and just dropping the bullets. Like that's the scene we saw in the trailers, but very yeah. powerful standing in front of that Sokovian Memorial all made sense. And then boom, yeah. here come the Wakandans. It's to me, that's the best way we could have done it. And I'm happy they did in episode five, that this wasn't carry over into episode six, distracting away from the Bucky Sam story that we need to see almost holistically inside of episode six. Yeah. No, completely agree. Yeah. Now, Agent 13. That's another character yeah. that was on the periphery of this whole show. She had some brief cameos in episode three and episode four, and also in episode five here. Carlos had a theory that he threw it online that she was the power broker. And I said, that feels way too easy, way too <laughs> on the nose. But episode five seems to really openly lean into that idea with her contact with Batrock the Leaper and some of the organizations she's doing in the background. How how does 13, Agent 13 factor into this? Is she a villain? Is there something more to this character? Like what's going on here from your perspective and where does she go in episode six? Yeah, man. I mean it's it's looking so it looks like the goddamn Batman's detective work is uh <laughs> has come through on this one. He he called it. You know, I I was surprised too. Like it, it made it made the most sense, but at the same time it was like if 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 this is the route they're going, I was a little taken back just because if she's working with like um uh George St. Pierre's character, that guy's out to kill Falcon. Yeah. And that's like She's she's pretty good friends with the Falcon, you know, especially going back to Civil War or Winter Soldier. Well, both. Yeah. Yeah, I guess both. both. So if she's gone that cold, um, that's interesting because at least in my head, that's kind of like flips flips the whole MCU taking their villains and making them lighter. Well, now you're taking one of their heroes and making them darker. Mm-hmm. 
So at least that's kind of something um, interesting they're doing in reverse from their villains. But um, a part of me really hopes it's not just because I really like that actress. Yeah. I really like um, her in like the MCU in general. And I mean, she, that's that's Peggy Carter's blood. So I, I hope she's not. <laughs> I hope she's not going bad. But um, if they do go that route, it, it, it's cool because it just adds something different and more layers to this character going forward. So either way, I think it's uh, it's cool. Either yeah. way, we're good. I'm kind yeah. of after Carlos put that out there, and I had some time to simmer on it and think about. It, I I like it if they do go the darker path. I think that the character becomes a character you don't do much with or can't do much with if she maintains the course that she was on through Winter Soldier and Civil War. Yeah, there's there's no point to her to be honest with you. Like you can't do much with her. She she had an interesting role and she brought a little of kind of that relationship or even that connection point with Steve Rogers, which she didn't mm-hmm. have since Peggy. And so that was interesting, but I think she can't always just be the character that's there the right time, right place to snipe no. or shoot. Right. Yeah. There has to be a bit more if they want to continue with this character. And I think turning her dark or having her even be, you know, maybe the head of the Thunderbolts. I don't know. I continue to throw that out there as yeah. as an option for all these characters. I I really don't know if that's realistic, but <laughs> it'll be interesting to see where they go with her because given episode five and the way they left her, they've got to wrap that character up in some way. Mm-hmm. And there, she seems to have a future in the MCU. What that future is, it's going to be interesting. It's it's definitely going to be something to to watch for in episode six because I agree. I yeah. love Emily Van Camp. She's a great actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do want to see more for her. Um, as, as we're kind of walking through these characters here, one one cameo we can't ignore here <laughs> is Julia Lewis-Dreifer, Madame yeah. Hydra. Yeah. This, this was a, yeah. kind of an out of nowhere for me. There was rumors online that episode five would have a cameo in mm. it. But... The interesting thing that came out after, and I think it was through Variety that either speculated or reported directly on this, that this character is actually supposed to make her MCU debut in Black Widow. Yes, yes, that's right. I heard that one. Yeah. And now, what do you what do you think of Madame Hydra here? She kind of came in at a moment where John Walker was at his lowest and gave him a bit of confidence boost, saying, you know, there's people that are taking note, people are taking watch, you're a valued asset. These guys don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So she seems like she's going to play a much larger role in the MCU. And this is her first appearance. And I'm guessing in July when we see Black Widow, we'll see her in some capacity there. Mm-hmm. But Madam Hydra making her first appearance in the MCU. What's your take? Yeah. This for me was the weakest part of the episode for me. Uh, we're coming off the trial of John Walker, mm-hmm. and I thought that was pretty powerful. He got to say his piece, too. He got to say what he wanted to say, and I thought that was great. And the tone throughout the whole series, apart from um, Zemo's little dance, which, you know, whatever, it's been pretty Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. It's been a really good tone. And when she came in there with the boots aren't made for walking, <laughs> I was like, no way. They're not going. Because I, I, I love I love Elaine from, from Seinfeld, yeah. and she's a powerhouse when it comes to her show-offs, the uh, Veep. Is it mm-hmm. like she, she yeah. kills it with the awards? So she, clearly she has the talent, but it's the direction they chose to write her. I was just like, what's going on? And she just felt like a fish out of water between John Walker and her and his wife. 
it was just like she was acting in a different show and like the lines how she was delivering them it was literally like she was just reading them out like there was no time for like anyone to even react it kind of reminded me a lot of um season one's mandalorian episode when they go to tattooing and the, the comedic relief in that yeah that that lady and again like she's a comedian but the way she's written in the mandalorian she always kind of sticks out funny amongst the rest of like the supporting cast and that's exactly what happened in this situation too where i was just like i felt like john walker where john walker was even <laughs> kind of like looking around like what what just happened um because i feel like someone with like madam hydra's presence should just be a little more cutthroat mm-hmm. and not again this is one of the times when like i just feel like the marvel humor doesn't really need to be injected as much yeah but i love the fact that we get her like the cameo itself for me is like great i love that this character is being introduced in the marvel cinematic universe it was just the way that she was written and the lines how they were delivered Mm -hmm. that threw me off from that from that moment that could have made it really powerful for me yeah it definitely is a a moment that you step back because when she went off the name i was like i should know who this is but i don't know who this is yeah yeah and then she said her name i was like okay i think i know who this is and she's got the blue yeah. hair and that but i wonder if this is more abrupt because we didn't get the proper introduction that we're supposed to get in black widow yeah and if you yeah. remember there was some hesitation and some discussion before about black widow needs to come before falcon winter soldier yes and we had speculated, okay, maybe it has something to do with Yelena, which is this what I, we think is going to be the second Black Widow, that she was meant to make some appearance in this, and maybe she still will. But it sounds like more it was this, mm. that the kind of chronological order is a bit out here, so the introduction of Black Widow might feel a bit funny too. And I yeah. wonder if having that baseline for that character in a more rounded out fashion that we'll maybe get in Blackwood would feel, make this feel less abrupt because that is, that is a relatively common criticism I've heard of that is that the comedic end of it didn't work for everyone. It it felt like it stuck out. Yeah. Yeah. Which, but that's right though. When you put it that way, like if we did see her first in, you know, Black Widow's film could have been a completely different outtake, obviously seeing her the second time. Yes. In this this show. Because the way they shoot it, especially with the boots and all that. Yeah. It's almost like you're supposed to know who this person is. Exactly. Like, cause it was very abrupt, even for like us diehards. I was like, Whoa, yeah. what is like, I'm, I'm sure I'm supposed to know this, but <laughs> like, where is this coming from? And it, it was, it was too with the name and all that. It was too yeah. much. Yeah. Cause it's almost like they tried uh playing off of um, uh, your boy from agents of shield. Um... Oh, agent Colson and that. Colson, yeah, you remember when the first time he introduces yeah. Shield and he, yes. he explains the whole name, and you're like, "What?" And then Shield, but it caught on mm-hmm. pretty easy, pretty well. Now that was done perfectly. It's almost like they tried playing off of that with her yeah. name, and it just didn't quite work. Well, and I think, time. yeah, with Blackwell, you probably get a very similar introduction where it's like yeah. she says her name, and then something, "Oh, you can call me this or whatever," right? Yeah, yeah. it just it felt funny. It felt like it was like a tip of the hat to something more. And yeah. I think it's just a consequence of the, of course, the pandemic and the, the year plus long delay in Black Widow. Yeah. But it, it, it's it's a cool scene, but mm-hmm. it's something that's setting up for later. Like it has, Definitely. other than maybe motivating John Walker to doing what he does in the Stinger scene and to maybe moving him into being a bit more hardline on this and and really rebuking anything that was said in that court scene. Because like you like you said, that court scene is pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. where they basically tear this man down and he turns to them and says, no, you created me. This is yeah. your fault. <laughs> like, yeah. 
<laughs> this this is on you and you're yeah. you're discharging me in this fashion and i love how he turns his back on them and oh walks yeah out, right it's just like, as, yeah. as they're still walking yeah no benefits i was like oh i remember yelling out i think to my wife I was like really <laughs> really <laughs> like come on too far <laughs> yeah it, and it, it's interesting concept too like i don't i don't know any soldiers personally in that but mm-hmm. you know we've all watched stories in that unfold about yeah. you know you've got a government that creates basically a killing machine and then yep. expects them to integrate back into society in some fashion. Well, it's just not going to happen. Right. No. Like, like they're, they're, they are born, they are torn down, they're retrained and they are basically, you know, fighting machines. Yeah. And so, and Walker is exemplifies that I think in this show and what maybe we're going to see from John Walker in episode six. So I'm curious here on John Walker, what yeah. are the goals of the character? Do does he transition into a villain? Does he become somewhat of like cannon fodder for Sam and Bucky in episode six? Does he go into the black US Asian suit that we've mm. seen in the past? Right? Do, do we see a complete change? Because there is a stinger in this episode of him making a new shield. Yes. Which is pretty cool. So yeah. we're definitely gonna see him, I think, next episode and maybe have a, a cap versus cap or cap versus us agent or whatever he's going to call himself yeah because i yeah. think there was a comic book recently within the last you know year or so where it's john walker us agent he's got that black suit on very similar yeah. to the one we saw him don in this show but has a slightly different black and red look to it which i want to see mm-hmm. yeah yeah no it makes sense if we see him pop up if he's kind of like more of the um Kind of have like a bigger role than like what uh, was it Bone Crusher? Not Bone Crusher. It was um, oh Crossbones. Crossbones. Yeah. Bone think of the wrestler from Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No Crossbones. If he has some kind of importance where he's kind of popping up like that, um, I don't know if he'll ever get anything more bigger than what he did in this show. Mm-hmm. And that's not due to to the actor because I think like again I think he's done phenomenal work. I just don't feel like they can make him any. I just don't think they can give him any more presence on screen than what they've done. Yeah. But I definitely want to see him take that role of uh, U.S. agent, have the blacked out costume. I'm curious to know what a shield's going to be made out of because uh, I, I there's something that I really like seeing this actor tick. Yeah. And I think with him taking on the role fully of U.S. agent and having that resentment of his country, uh, I think there's a lot they can do there. I think there really is something cool. So I'd love to see this guy kind of pop up again every now and then and, and give Sam or or whoever or, or Bucky a little bit of the run for their money. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to what they do with this character because he's, like I said before, he's one of the most interesting characters that we've seen in yeah. this unexpectedly interesting characters. Yeah. And I, I can't wait to see his arc wrap up in episode six in some capacity. And another character that before we get to – Kind of some predictions for for Sam and and Fal- or and Winter Soldier here, Carly, Flag mm. Smashers. So they've had this nice underlying narrative that has been strung throughout this, and connection to both the power broker and connection to what Zemo's been leading him through. But where does Carly's character go? She's a very interesting character that is been kind of this freedom fighter, doing things for the right reasons, but going about it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Uh, what more can they do with Carly in this? You know, as we're building to this epic finale of this season, she's one character that I have a big question mark on how they get to the end of her arc yeah. in a proper way. Zemo, they've kind of taken care of. Agent 13, they got some stuff to do here. Walker, and then you've also got Carly here. 
when we're talking about the supporting cast. So mm-hmm. what do they do with this character? And episodes four and five, they, they really start to elevate that character. But also you kind of, in a way, and Marvel does have a tendency to do this, you sympathize with her. You know, yeah. it's like you're doing the right thing, but you're doing it the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I see that with her. It's it's a it's a touch of the Killmonger, mm-hmm. um, but drawn out more obviously because we get that storytelling through through TV series. And um, I think after going episode five, she's really turned. She, mm-hmm. I think this is the most bad she's been. Partying up with uh, George Saint Pierre's character, yeah. obviously. <laughs> I think she I think she's pretty far gone now. And I don't know where she goes. I I I don't see her surrendering. I could possibly foresee one of her they, they keep kind of giving a little bit of camera time to one of her henchmen yeah who's starting to kind of question hair. things yeah yeah and i i wouldn't be surprised if we got a little bit of uh like a like a heir to the empire moment of like thrawn's boy taking him yeah. out spoilers i mean it's an old book but i wouldn't be surprised if he kind of puts her down or um ultimately falcon's the one that has to kind of not necessarily end her, but really just kind of gets the final shot yeah. on her and, and puts her away. But I don't think we'll see her coming out of this. I think once the show wraps up, I think, I think she's kind of done. Yeah, I think I think they yeah. need to end her arc in some capacity. And yeah, it's interesting, right? Because we looked at Walker taking the life of someone, mm-hmm. Captain America, Sam Wilson. That can't be his first act, and so there has no. to be some bridge there where we can have a satisfying conclusion to her arc, but it also doesn't go as a, a red mark on on Captain America, Sam Wilson, yeah. his his ledger, right? And yeah. so it becomes an interesting point to watch out for in episode six that I'm excited for. Now, as we get to the back end of, of episode five, and we've been looking at this show. You know, it's called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I always saw this as Falcon show primarily. This was about him in some capacity transitioning into the role of Captain America, but also about bringing some of the commentary around what we're seeing in society today. And some of those, those social aspects that we've seen play out, especially over the last year or so. And there's a very important moment in here where they bring back the character of Isaiah Bradley. And he has a very powerful conversation with Sam Wilson about what was done to him, why it was done to him, and the consequences and what it means to hold the shield. And to be honest with you, I was I was scared that they weren't going to bring Isaiah Bradley back into mm. this because they had the mention, okay, the guy used his blood a bit to create the super soldier serum. I was like, ah. you know, there's, there's a great moment in episode two and to not bring this character back in a meaningful way would be really a disservice to what they established in episode two. Yeah. And thankfully, they bring it, they calm the episode down, and you have a fairly extended moment with Isaiah Bradley and Sam Wilson that I think is pretty powerful. How did you feel about them pulling Isaiah Bradley back into this episode to have this conversation before Sam Wilson, before he even opens the box, before yeah. he kind of gets to the point where he's deciding, do I become Captain America? I have the shield now. But I think it takes two things. It takes the shield and it takes the person to be Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I love this scene. I love it when he goes back to Baltimore and he and he runs into uh well m- most likely Patriot. Yeah. I'm sure he's gonna become Patriot. And um yeah, he runs into Isaiah there just watering his grass and he looks it looks very, very relaxing. When I saw him doing that, I'm like, I like that just looks so <laughs> P 
peaceful. So amazing. <laughs> I don't know what it is about nighttime and watering the grass, but the conversation had to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that they had it between these two guys and they sit down because it was teased a little bit in episode two. And when they finally kind of lay it out there and he explains his whole backstory and, and this stuff is, is, is it's real stuff. It's real stuff. Besides the super soldier serum, this stuff was actually going down. Yeah. So to have these guys go over it and see the two different perspectives, both equally right. I thought was, was, was really powerful. That is so, so well acted too. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot the actor's name because he's, he's in our favorite show. This is us. He, he plays the dad. Um, Oh yeah. Best dad. And this is us. <laughs> Fun fact, but it was, um, it was just great to see these two go at it and kind of have an idea that Sam already knew where he wanted to go mm-hmm. before he went in there, but just kind of want to see what else he could kind of not necessarily gain, but understand from his point of view, I thought was, was just really something special. And, kind of challenging that and yeah. seeing what he can do with it and then you know obviously i think flashing a little bit forward yeah flashing a little bit forward to sam's family we see his two young nephews picking up the shield for me there was kind of some not necessarily synergy but kind of some foreshadowing and mm-hmm. potential of what the shield could do for everyone of the of, of the world yeah. of not just america so i really i really thought it was a powerful moment just all around and definitely something that needed to happen in this show. And then the MCU in general. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Fully yeah. agreed there. And, and Sam at times challenging Isaiah Bradley, like Isaiah Bradley yeah. rightfully so has this opinion. Yeah. And Sam challenges him about the idea of change. Yeah. And at times there needs to be someone to shepherd that change. And Sam Wilson wants to be that individual. Yeah. But it's good to have that history and that understanding. Right. And yeah. so I, I agree, man. It was such a great moment and it needed to happen. And the absence yeah. of that or a rushed moment, yeah, such a disservice to what they, what they had done, especially in episode two, because yeah. this is the stuff that we were looking for in this show. You know, we've been talking about it for the better part of a year or so about this show needed to, to provide commentary around this. And, and mm-hmm. it does that. And I'm happy it did. Yeah. And so I'm all for that. And look, we also see Sam chucking around the shield. Oh yeah! In a big way, him and Bucky. I love yeah. watching them both grab that shield. Ah, <laughs> oh, so cool! So great! It's to so see. cool. That sound effect that oh. they have. It's it to me, honestly, the sound of the shield is on par with Iron Man's repulsor. Yeah, like I love hearing that thing just going. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's got something to it. I agree, <laughs> man. And when he caught it with the two hands and the training montage, yeah. I mean, it wasn't my favorite training <laughs> montage only because, and everybody must have seen this, when he was doing like the backflips, yeah. I was like, okay, like here's the time where you cut it because we definitely know that's yeah. not Anthony Yeah, Mackie. it's definitely not him. I agree. <laughs> I think I had a very different build. <laughs> yeah. But all around, no, is, is a great scene. And again, showing him like being a little more acrobatic as he's using like his legs to mm-hmm. really throw that thing as opposed to just like Captain America's raw strength, Steve Rogers being super soldier he can just whip it with his arms he really has to use his whole body to throw that thing i thought it's pretty cool yeah i really really enjoyed that training montage it was a lot of fun so at at the end of this episode bucky shows up with a box yeah wakandan box you know we we've seen and we didn't really mention this but we've seen john walker rip off the wings and give him the torres which nicely gives him a a way into the new avengers as the new falcon yeah But what's in the box, man? What's in the box? What's your prediction here? It's 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 a hundred percent Endgame Black Panther hot toy. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely. <laughs> there it is <laughs> with the throne and everything. Yeah. Whoa! Uh, I've been looking for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's for for me. It's it's a hundred percent. It's it's the costume and the wings. It's the full mm-hmm. package, 
with probably some sort of um i won't be surprised if, if shuri herself uh worked on this thing to give um to give sam wilson probably a little bit more of a strength boost yeah and extra protection fighting but it's definitely going to be that blue white and red um cool looking kind of marvel now falcon yes 100 yeah i yeah. fully agree with you man it yeah. is definitely that because i thought this episode when they said there's going to be a cameo i thought it was going to be shuri oh that's who i that thought it was cool. going to be i had, yeah. did not anticipate it was going to be madden hydra i thought it was going to be her in some capacity and connect up to the wakandans and that but it's going to be cool to see him with new set of wings too yeah and him and bucky sharing a bit of wakandan technology in both yeah. of their strengths is, is kind of a cool undertone and connection point between the both of them. But yeah, it is. If it's anything about the shield, if, if it's not the shield, it's, it better be that hot toy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, do you know how hard this is to get? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So yeah. It, do, do you think he's going to don it right away? Are we going to get that right off the hop in episode six? Or is this going to be a, he'll put on for the last battle? What is, what is it going to be? Ooh, um, yeah, you know, I think it's gonna be probably probably a last battle, mid battle kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll probably get the yeah the reveal of like the U.S. agent all blacked out, yeah, and then we'll get um the blue and white oh, red. Man, wouldn't that cap. be such a great yeah. juxtaposition of character? Yeah, that'd be a cool look. Oh cool, man, I cool like look. that. I like yeah. that. So yeah, w- where do they leave Sam? Now we're both anticipating. I think you know it, th- this has to happen, right? Yeah. That he, he becomes Captain America. He gets the suit. He's got the shield. He's got the wings. He's got the whole kit. Where, where do they go with Sam? Where do they leave Sam? You know, we look where they left Wanda at the end of WandaVision. Right. And she's, yes, going to be in Multiverse of Madness. But this character gone through a major transition from Wanda Maximoff to Scarlet Witch in this. And we've got Sam Wilson Falcon going from Sam Wilson Falcon to Captain America inside of this. Where do they leave this character? Where do they have to leave this character to make sense for the next jumping on point? Whether that's an Avengers film, whether that's Spider-Man or whatever. Mm. Like where where does this character need to to end? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Um it'd be really cool because we haven't seen anything with Avengers since um Endgame. Even going into mm-hmm. um Far From Home, there's been no real Avengers talk. So it'd be really neat to see him kind of forming the Avengers. Yes. I don't know if he's gonna be yes. great. Like, that'd be really cool because I don't know if it's gonna be like if if I, um, uh, Patriot's going to be somehow in the mix. Obviously, you mentioned uh, Turaz, the uh, his uh, psychic, yeah, I guess. Buddy, in, yeah, yeah, in 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 the comics. So I don't know if he's going to get involved. But I'd really love to see him kind of forming up the team. It, it would be really crazy if you got a call and they're like, um, Wanda's gone yeah. nuts. Like I don't know the timeline. I think this of, is like, meant this to is, happen after. in after WandaVision. Like it's, way after, right? I'm not sure if it's way after, but like yeah. WandaVision would be weeks out. This might be months out of right. Endgame. Far from home, still after, like a little further. Yeah, maybe. This one. Right. Yeah, so it'd be neat just to see if he's if he's forming the team or if he's going to be in the Avengers headquarters doing something though. But I really like to see see that going down. See that going down with with Cap. I get as soon as you said that, I get this vision of you know Captain America, the end of Age of Ultron where essentially he's standing out with Black Widow and then like Falcon lands, Vision lands, yeah. Scarlet Witch needs like form the new team. I'm not, yeah. I'm not anticipating we're going to get like the new team forming, but I I would love for him to be basically like, we need to start thinking about the Avengers. Yeah. Because right? you're right. There's no talk of it. Like there's no. there's nothing about where this group goes because, and it's been, it's been a weird kind of point inside of the Falcon Winter Soldier as well as, what's everyone doing right now? Yeah. Like Falcon and Winter Soldier off like contracting for the government. Rhodey's 
back in the military, wanted to envision yep. right here doing this. And like Spider-Man's going to do like where, cause you've always, at least in the previous movies, especially in two and three, you always had this cohesion and this point to fall back on that. The Avengers are there doing the avenging thing and you get people doing yeah. their own stuff, but the Avengers are kind of always there. There's, there's none of that. And Sam Wilson, I think should be the catalyst for starting the new Avengers. Like even if he 100%. says a moment where we need to start the new Avengers. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, what a moment that would be. Yeah, that that'll be that'll be nuts. We 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 really need that. We really need that. That'd be cool because yeah, you mentioned it. Yeah, because Spider-Man, because I think it's far from home, Spider-Man, they mentioned something, right? When he wants to go on vacation, he's like, Oh, can't you just call in so and so to Nick Fury, right? And they say like they're off world, yada yada. Yeah. So you're right. So you'd imagine, like, so what have the Avengers really been been doing well they've been disassembled it seems right like they're not yeah. an entity anymore and there's been mention of the sokovia Accords, i think in this mm-hmm. but realistically they need to start down a path because even if you look at the film slate there's no hint of an avengers film no within the next couple of years which isn't no. unusual but for them looking at the next event like we might not see sam for a couple years now right yeah and well, 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 what about Cap though? Like actual Steve Rogers, because it's kind of weird because they could been dancing around. Like, where is Cap? Like, when yeah, we last old saw Cap. him, he wasn't dead. Yeah, right? he's like, just he's just an old man. So, but they're playing off like he's dead. So what's going on? Yeah, he's like <laughs> unless he just like zipped back off into some other place, right? Like, yeah, it, it's another funny point because yeah, they're a hundred percent like he's gone, he's dead. Like they saw him for this yeah. moment, he gave him the shield, and he left. Yeah. So yeah, it's I I really that like man that got that gets me so excited the potential that even the word Avengers being mentioned by oh. by Cap oh, oh man chills chills what about yeah. what about Bucky where where does Bucky need to end does he does he need to be an Avenger or is he better suited for something else because the character of Bucky Barnes in the absence of Steve Rogers mm-hmm. I think there's a lot they could do with him we've seen in the comic books him going kind of a bit more solo, a bit more rogue. Yeah. Still acting on the side of good, but yeah. not so much inside of an Avengers team. Like is is that yeah. where we're going to end up with 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 Bucky, you think? Well, I think you've been saying it. I think you've been saying it all along this series. I think uh the Thunderbolts. Yeah. He's, I think he's going to I think he's going to be the guy that's going to kind of operate there. I think he's going to probably move along there and like you said, like still probably operate with the Avengers and fight for the better cause of of good, but I think he will also operate on some other kinds yeah. of things. Um, and the Thunderbolts might be the, cause he's been like the man on the wall. He's kind of like the, the, yeah. the Nick Fury. He's been the head. He's, been... he's been the head of Thunderbolts as well. Yeah. Comic books. yeah. And yeah. it's a, it's a more believable take too. is Zemo were to come into the Thunderbolts with, yeah. you know, winter soldier, his relationship with Wakanda, these type of things. And they, they did a kind of Thunderbolts S thing in episode three, where they basically had this small team of villains going in and using villain connections to do, yeah. things that weren't completely bad. So yeah. I, I think there is potential there for him to lead something that, yeah, walks a different line than Sam Wilson will be walking at the mm-hmm. end of this. And I don't know if they need to continue to pair these two up. I think it'd be nice to see them go and do their own thing. And cause I think right now, I think Sebastian Stan could carry a Thunderbolt show. A hundred percent. Yeah. And 100%. you pair him with Zemo and you pair him with, you know, a couple other, maybe a bit more outlandish villains. And you've, you know, you look at what DC's doing with Suicide Squad. Not the exact same thing, but it is a bit closer where you have more of a villain's team and putting yeah. Bucky at the forefront of it gives you a a face that 
allows you to believe that they're not just a true villain team. I dig that. I really dig that. Yeah, I, I would say that's definitely a good comparison between the, the Thunderbolts and the yeah. Suicide Squad. 100%. Yeah. Maybe not yeah, as outlandish as James Gunn's going to be put in the No, screen. no. <laughs> yeah. I guess comic book-wise, but yeah, not, a, not when it comes to that trailer. Yeah. We just no. <laughs> so, But lots of potential for where these heroes can go. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, setting yeah. up future Disney Plus shows because, definitely. like you said, man, this this format is awesome for the MCU. I want yeah. more and more of this. Because it gives us time with characters that we didn't have enough time with in the films, but also no. going to give us a platform to see She-Hulk, to see Moon Knight, to see Miss Marvel in a real meaningful way, <laughs> where they're not just cameos or sidekicks for three, four movies, and then you get something a little bit more in their own film. This is a, a real leaping off point where by the end of this, we're going to have spent more time with Bucky and Falcon than we did than we have in some capacity with some of our major characters. Yeah. And so it's such a cool way to develop and continue to deliver MCU content in a very different format. We've got Loki coming up here. There's been some great casting news for Secret Invasion recently. So there's so much coming at us, but we got to get through episode six first, man. Yes. I'm really, really looking forward to it. And guys, if you want to follow along with us in episode six, yes, we will be talking about it in some detail next week, next Thursday on the Nerd Room. But we're also going to be doing a live stream like we have been doing with our good friends over at Vigilante 1939, V39, Nico, Zeddy, and Mr. Caruso, Daddy Bats himself. We're going to be breaking down episode six this Friday. So if you're listening to this day and day drop on Thursday, it's the following day. We're going to be live streaming with those boys right after in the evening maybe having a brew or two talking about this last episode of the falcon or should i say of captain america and the winter soldier (laughs) as we get to the end of episode six yeah (laughs) (laughs) so lots of great stuff to talk about guys and hopefully the boys are back next week and we can run you through it through another just wild weekend nerd who knows what is coming if you had asked me last week if we'd be talking about shang chi and all this dc stuff i would have said Probably not, but here we are. So, guys, if you'd like to be a bigger part of the show, you can always email us at thenerdroom at gmail.com. You can find everything that we do over at thenerdroom.net. The hunt is real. Mm. It's over on Instagram. You can find us there. Throwing up images. My Pez board's up there. Some great videos oh. from Troy. Got some figure stuff going up this weekend. So head over there at thenerdroom on Instagram and see what myself, Troy, and Carlos are doing out on The Hunt and... I guess, uh, yeah, Twitter. I always forget about Twitter, but we're always there. We're always running around trying to find a conversation there. And, of course, keep those spoilers to a minimum when it comes to Falcon and Winter Soldier, especially through the weekend, guys. So, I guess, Troy, man, we're going to be on the other yeah. side of Falcon and Winter Soldier by the time we talk next year on air, whether it's a live stream or whether it's next week, next Thursday. But until then, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. Guys, thank you very much for entering the nerd room this has been a nerd room podcast production you can find our hosts tim troy sanjay and carlos on twitter at the nerd rm troy the boy 87 sanjabi and cdn caped crusade r for more content from the nerd room check out the nerdroom.net and don't forget to subscribe to the nerd room on itunes podbean spotify wherever you plug in use the hashtag we the nerd to keep up with the latest from the nerd room on instagram and twitter